Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Eddie Goldman has decided to call it a career. The 28-year-old has notified the Atlanta Falcons that he is retiring from the NFL. He signed with the team recently after seven years with the Chicago Bears. Of course, Eddie Goldman drafted in 2015, made his debut in that season, racking up four and a half sacks, was a presence on the defensive line, and of course, you know, part of that great team in 2018 that made a run into the playoffs, and I think that, you know, we're not going to sit there. He, I'm not an all-time great, but somebody that we'll look at fondly over the next couple of years, and you're looking back at that team and some of the players who have come through during the last decade or so, I'd be like, Danny Goldman, not a bad player. So we wish him well in his future endeavors. And you know what, Sammy? Let's just go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. We're going to have a great show for you tonight. Our guest is going to be a recurring a regular uh, because she knocked it out of the park the last time she was on. We were huge fans of her work. And uh, why don't we just go ahead and bring her on right now, Carmen Vitale. Carmen, it is so good to have you back on the show. Uh, Thank you. How was your vacation? You good? Everything, everything go all right? Yeah, it was much needed. It was very relaxing. Um, and then I came back to have to move right away. Uh, but I moved to a place with this view. So everything is just going really well for me right now. I, um, I'm here with you, which I'm super excited about. You know what? I, I don't like the humble bragness of that view. I've noticed how you, you know, you could have gone into a separate room or whatever. Uh, no, that is a, what part of town is that? You, uh, I'm in West Loop. So, uh, but why would you want to stand stare at a blank wall when you could stare at this? Because I don't have any, I don't have my setup yet. It's been two days in this. No, not as. Let Chicago do the work for me. It's the city of broad shoulders. It does work. No, that's pretty nice. That's a humble brag. I would do that as well. And uh, congratulations on your new digs and everything. And uh, we're really happy to have you. And you also returned because, and you found out that. Over the last couple of days, Mike Clay of ESPN, who's a guy that I somewhat know, like he's a fantasy guy, well-respected in the industry. I'm in a couple, I think I'm in a couple of fantasy. I'm in, I'm in at least one fantasy league with him. 
he came out with uh, a proclamation that Justin Fields is going to lead the league in interceptions. And I was like, does he mean fewest? But I think he means that he's going to throw the most interceptions. I don't, I don't, I don't understand any of this. What do you, what do you make of this uh, declaration? Well, it was funny because I, for my vacation, I had deinstalled Twitter from my phone. I was like, I'm not going to go on Twitter. I'm not going to do it. But this infiltrated Instagram too. So I saw that and I don't like, I'm like, I can't have any peace at this point. And, and this was, this has to be a take just for a take. Right. And I think that it's really easy to kind of beat up on the bears because, you know, there's so many question marks and all that other stuff, but you, and, and looking at purely at interception rate last season, sure. I mean, Justin Fields had, what, like the 31st ranked interception rate, 10 interceptions yeah. against seven touchdowns in his 10 appearances, which isn't a great number. But is, is 10 interceptions in 10 games a catastrophic number? I don't think no. so. Um, and I, I, he's entering a new system. He's going to have a lot more options. Um, and I realize that that maybe opens the margin for error, but I also think that with an offense that's tailored to his strengths, there's going to be options for him to take it himself and that RPO heavy, the play action heavy kind of offense that's going to open up a lot more options, but also give him a lot more choices as far as taking care of the football goes. So I, I just, I think that that was probably just an easy pick, but I don't see any sort of uh, merit to it. I think that again, and actually this was, I did want to bring this up and I want to get the name right. It was Jacob Infante, I believe. I retweeted, I retweeted something for him. What did he do? Uh, what did What did Jacob he, no, do? No, no, no. It was a good. It was. I, it was a good stat. It was so Fields had the thirty first ranked interception rate. Right, that. But his he had the tenth best turnover worthy throw rate last year. Hmm. So it translates into like Justin Fields just kind of getting unlucky. Like he wasn't making errant throws or bad decisions with the football. It just happened to not go his way. And I think more than luck that has to do with the supporting cast around him. And, and so hopefully with some additions this offseason, that's gotten a lot better. No, I hope that's the case. By the way, your phone, what is up with your phone? Is there any way you can read log in? Oh no, shoot. Okay. I'm see. sorry. I don't know. I don't I don't know. Listen. I'll, I said I don't have my See, you don't have your setup right now. Oh, you got a fancy view, but you don't have know, the internet have connection. Why don't we see if I can, if it's my mic. If, if it, I feel like it's my mic. Let's check. And then I will, while you're doing <laughs> that. How about that? Anyway, Does that sound better? A little. Try it again. Okay. Let's see. No, that was good. I think you're good. Am I good now? Yeah. A little bit better. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds better. I will uh, go through some statistics. That, you know, that Jacob, I, I saw that. I saw you retweet that. You know, according to Pro Football Focus, Justin Fields made a big-time throw on 17 of his 270 pass attempts. That was the fourth highest percentage in the NFL right behind Aaron Rodgers. You know, he had a 99.9 passer rating on in-rhythm passes, which, you know, if they get a competent offensive system, that's going to help them feel a little bit more confident. And you know what? He was a much more effective passer when they utilized the play action. He averaged close to, uh, well, it was 9.3 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 105 passer rating when he was on play action. And I think that, you know, this is the thing that they want to do with him is get him in rhythm. They want to get him in play action. And I think they're going to run the ball. I mean, they're going to have a very run-heavy team. I think one of the things that, you know, Aaron – 
Aaron Rodgers is a different player, obviously. Obviously. But they don't but they don't throw they don't throw the ball as much as people think that they do. Like that, they're they're a run heavy team. You know, AJ yeah. Dillon and Aaron Jones both had over eleven hundred scrimmage yards. Like they're they go to their running backs a lot, and I think that'll also help out. And I, and I mean, the Bears kind of have that same setup, too. If conceivably, you've got David Montgomery. We've talked about how much we both like Khalil Herbert. Uh, what really got to me, you mentioned that Justin Fields was so effective in play action, yet the Bears last season were, like, they were fourth. They ranked 28th, I believe, in play action percentage usage. Yeah. So, like, it was just, and they were tied with the Bucks last season. The Bucks never ran, ran play action, but the Bucks had Tom Brady, so they didn't really need to. And a really fantastic offensive line that bought him time. Um, I just, I can't. When I saw that stat too, I was like, especially for a run heavy, as run heavy of a team as they were last year, to not utilize that in and, and complement your passing game in that way just seemed like a huge missed opportunity. So I'm, like I said, everything that's coming out of Bears camp uh, this spring suggests that there's going to be a lot more of that. And I think that that will bode well for Justin Fields and this offense as a whole. It also helps the offensive line as they answer a ton of question marks, um, you know, delaying pressure and all that kind of stuff, though all the fun stuff that comes with play action like that. So they're going to need that. And I think that that's kind of like going to have to be their go-to this season. Yeah, they definitely have to run the football a lot more. And I think they're going to. And Again, when you talk about 10 intercepts, you, you mentioned this a moment ago, 10 interceptions in 10 games, well, what does that average out to? Like if Justin Fields threw 17 interceptions next year, like that's that probably won't lead the league. Like I can't imagine. No. That's gonna lead the league. Like that's not even going to be close. Like Jameis, first of all, is still in the NFL. So. I was there for that season. It wasn't fun. <laughs> Um, and I, I do, I've talked at length actually about Jameis Winston now that he does not have Sean Payton uh, in New Orleans and how that might affect him. And if he will regress back to what we kind of knew him as in Tampa or not, I think he might. Um, but again, I just think that Justin Fields was kind of like the easy target because of the fact that they have all these questions on the offensive line. But again, he got, he got more weapons. You got Nikhil Harry, you've got Byron Pringle, Darnell Mooney as seems ready and willing to step up. So I don't know. I just, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to be too cynical because, you know, I want to believe in the the good in people, but at the same time, you know, it's, there's teams that are easy to pick on that drive engagement. And I've mentioned it on this show a, a number of times. Bears Twitter will not let anything go. Like they just, we, we can never just not, not engage in a fight. I think that like Saints fans or some other teams, like they'll be like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, oh, who same. cares with this? You know what I'm saying? Like they, they don't care. Like they'll be like, yeah, that's fine. But Bears fans come out in full force and everybody's retweeting it. Everybody's getting into it and everybody's doing their thing. And it's just like, well, what are you going to do? It's like you, you have a wheel. Be like, all right, what do I want to do? Like I, I need to, I need a tweet that, ha- that, that drives a lot of engagement. Uh, do I want to pick on the Bears? Do I want to pick on the Raiders? Like Jacksonville, like that's the media market you got in Chicago here that's going to jump on that. Like, yeah, it's gonna get way more play than Jacksonville, than Las Vegas, than all that kind of stuff. Because, yeah, like you've got the third largest media market that's behind the, the you know, and then God bless Bears fans because they, they're with this team through thick and thin. So yeah. you can't hurt them and they don't lose interest even when their team isn't doing so. Well. 
Yeah, you know what? People could have uh, punted a long time ago, but they continue to stick with it. And it's, but you know, it just, I think the most disappointing thing is that everybody wants to have a sense of optimism. And I don't think that anybody's coming into the season expecting us to go to the Super Bowl. I, I hate to say that, Carmen, but I don't, I don't think we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. But you know, I, I wouldn't be happy if, I wouldn't be unhappy if they didn't. But my thing is like, we want to be, you know, excited about something. And then they're like, nope, like you guys are terrible. Like you've never seen this team. Like you don't know. I, I saw that uh, Pro Football Focus, you know, had their offensive line rankings and the Bears were 31st. And I'm like, how do you know? Like who would, you don't even know who the guys are who are starting. Like you haven't seen them play. Like you, you can't make that judgment. And it's just, I don't know. I just think that it's, it's an easy target and uh, we can't help ourselves because we fall for it every time. I know, because, again, through thick and thin, I think there's something to be said for that uh, as far as that goes. I will say that, I, yeah, I mean, this is also the first time that the Bears have had a quarterback to be excited about in a very long time. I mean, I guess Jay Cutler is the last person to come to mind that to play that position that people were excited about, but you paid an arm and a leg for him and continued to pay yeah. for him for years after the fact. Um, and I just, like, just let us have this. Just let us have this. That's all I want. I yeah, want just to be let us. By a quarterback. Yeah, and if he turns out to be no good, then you can come at us, you know, eventually, but not right now. There's nothing, and and it's so crazy to me because you can go look at a lot of the games, and I I took some time and went through, and you're like, and this is the one thing I remember I was doing uh, NFL TA the post game show on Monday nights right after Monday Night Football. We would be on there. And obviously the Monday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers ended the way that it did. And I remember my producer was in my ear and a lot of the people on set were like, how mad are you right now? Like how livid, like, are you okay? And I'm like, I had to tell everybody like, stop, like this could not have worked out any better. Like I, the only thing that I wanted, and I said this right before uh, when Justin got the ball back, I said, I don't care if the bears win or lose this game. If Justin drives the team down the field and they score a touchdown, that's a win to me. Whatever happens, like that's you just want to see that he has the ability to do that against a good team on the road, you know, as a playoff team. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he went out and did just that. I don't know why people don't look at that more often than not and be like, hey, you know, when when Nagy couldn't, you know, confine him and they're like, you just got to go out and play, he showed that he could play. I thought that was one of the one of the best games. What did you think about that contest? Yeah, I mean, I everything that you just said. I mean, it takes a tremendous amount of fortitude to kind of be thrust in there like that and and to do that in a hostile environment. God, you know, Steelers. It's not. It's not. A, talk about fans that don't let things go. Um, yeah, it's just. It, I like, and they and they take over every stadium that they go to and all that other stuff. So to to go in there and to show that when all the odds are stacked against you, it just, I mean, it has to give you hope and it has to, I mean, again, it's a small sample size and I get that. Um, but I mean, you know that he has that in him. And so potential is a very dangerous word. Totally understand, but you have to have a benchmark for something. Right. And so yeah. I like, I just think that that was like, you want to see the flashes. That's all you could have asked for last year out of a rookie quarterback in a very chaotic system, um, in a very chaotic 
quite frankly, organization that they were last year. Um, I mean, they cleaned house. So there's, they did that for a reason. And, and in, under those circumstances, I don't think that you could have expected any sort of consistency or, you know, for him to completely take over or do any of that. Uh, and you take the wins where you can get them. And I think that that's good to be realistic about your optimism. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny because, you know, on NFL.com, I do a state of the franchise series and where I go over every 30, all 32 teams. And it's amazing, you know, when you look at a lot of these teams, there's a lot of teams in the NFL, or, you know, in a certain spot. Like there's there's the teams that are expected to compete for a Super Bowl, the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Packers, just in the in the NFC. And, of course, in the AFC, there's a, there's a number of teams too. But for a lot of squads, they're going into this season where it's like your ultimate goal is just to know if your quarterback can play. You know, I, I think that every second-year quarterback from last season – You've got that Tua Tunga Bailoa. You've got that Danny Jones or yeah, Danny Dimes. You know, you've got yeah, you've got that. And it's like that is that is what your season is coming down to. Can your quarterback play or not? And I think that, you know, and for whatever reason, I know that uh, well, I mean, it, it makes sense Daniel Jones gets a lot of heat because he's in New York. But like nobody, nobody talks about Zach Wilson. You know, if it wasn't for the whole thing with what he got in, you know, <laughs> what happened recently, um, nobody was talking about him. And that guy sucked. He was terrible last year. He was an awful quarterback. And now it's like, but nobody ever says anything about that. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, but it's the, it's the Jets. Like, they've always been the little brother to the Giants in, in New York, even. And there's just no expectations for them there. I think this season is going to be a little bit different. I think you might start hearing a little bit more about Zach Wilson, not only because he apparently has that dog in him, um, but also because you did, they did a lot of good things this, this offseason, the Jets did. So I think that you, there, there just weren't any expectations. And, I mean, you talk about Chicago having – pretty recent success especially in 2018 and so there's always that kind of hope every year that they're gonna there's something's gonna happen and, and they're gonna break out or they're going to you know have some success so there's it, it's not like the bears you know don't have expectations usually coming into the season and i think last season it was yeah like justin fields is a shiny new toy and you see how you know how soon you can get him in there i'm glad you didn't go in there right away but um you know, that's again. I just that system was just so chaotic, and you realize you realize there were no expectations to be had, and that's where the realistic kind of expectations come in, um, yeah. which I'm trying to have this season too. You know, like it's still a new staff, and everybody's getting used to each other. Like you said, there's so many we don't even know who the starting five is on that offensive line, and I mean, for the Bears to run the ball as much as they're going to need to, that line is going to need to be figured out, and that's a big question mark. But I've said it before. Someone's going to figure it out. It's going to be a former offensive lineman GM, right? Like, yeah. he drafted three guys in the draft and, and most likely for depth players, but you've got some good battles and some good competition, uh, you know, in, in some of those spots. And so, I mean, the, the depth might not be there, uh, but you also have a lot of cap space to, to still work with. And I think that I've heard a lot of people being like, well, why didn't they, you know, make a move after June 1st? to sign a vet. I'm like, who do you want them to sign right now? Who? Who, who like, who, who? who is to be an upgrade over what you, you don't even know what you have even. So I think that you get into training camp and you look and you see what you have. I mean, that's a huge, this is a huge time for NFL, for pro scouts. 
because they're going all around to these training camps and seeing, oh, well, this team's going to cut this guy and this guy and this guy. And you might have some pretty decent players that end up not making some rosters. Um, and then, then you've got kind of a bigger pool of, of players to choose from uh, if you wait through training camp. It gives you a little bit less time to gel, of course. But, I mean, what else, what else are you going to do right now? Yeah. Well, you know, and they did, you know, they did use a second round pick on alignment last year. Larry Borum turned out to be pretty decent, a decent enough prospect. I always, I always uh, get upset with the inclination that like they haven't addressed it at all. They drafted three guys, uh, three linemen this year. They drafted two last year. They brought in Lucas Patrick. We missed out on the greatest guard in the history of the world. I can't even remember his name anymore. I, I remember everybody being so gutted when Buffalo matched him. But I also look at it, I think the realistic expectation, and this has been the the benefit of doing the State of the Franchise series, is looking at what the Miami Dolphins have been doing with Tua Tungavailo. And listen, people knock Tua for whatever reason. I thought he played much better at the end of last year, and the statistics bore that out. But you look at what the Dolphins did. Like last year, they kind of of floundered. They started off, what, one, one and seven, won eight of their last nine or something like that. Yeah, because they finished nine and eight. But you look at what they did this offseason. They signed Teron Armstead. They obviously made the trade for Tyreek Hill. They brought in Cedric Wilson, which is actually a pretty nice – that's a pretty nice signing. That was a guy that I was like, oh, man, I would have loved to have had him on the team. But I'm surprised that Cowboys fans aren't more upset. (laughs) Oh, they don't listen. There's no nuance with the Cowboys fans. They're like, oh, Mari Cooper – you know that they don't they don't understand, and he goes in like Cedric. I know this isn't a you know don't want to turn this into the Cedric Wilson show, but you know what he he go, he walks into a situation that's very similar to what he was doing in Dallas, where you know he had Ceedee Lamb and and even Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper in front of him, still went out there and made good plays or big plays. You know, yeah. a, a know your as the Rock says, a know your role kind of guy going into Miami where they have Gasecki, where they have. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I think he's still going to go out there and make some plays, but that is kind of the mold. And I think Philadelphia is a lot like that too with Jalen Hurts bringing in AJ Brown. So it's going to be okay. Like I think we're going to be we're going to be just fine. You know, there's we're going to we're going to figure out some things here. I think that at some point we'll be like, okay, Justin can play. Like this is what he does well. We're working on some things, especially when they're like working on his footwork and everything. It, it shows you like they're committed to it. He's going to be fine, but it's just going to take a little bit of time. Um, speaking of time, I think it's time now. Do we have any questions, Sammy? Are people ignoring us today? I don't know. I don't know. Question for Adam. Uh, do you believe that the national media believes what they are saying? Are they blindly following their empty stat sheets? Uh, you Joseph, work with a lot more national media than I do, Adam. So I let me, let me tell you something. Um I don't know. There's different kind of people that do things. Now, if you if you follow me on Instagram or on Twitter, I tweet. I think I put them on both. I might have even put it on my TikTok. I did a thing about like here's why the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl, and it's a it's a Venn diagram of like randomness and like hey, you know, Steve Martin was you know like it's tongue in cheek. It's for entertainment. It's for things like that. I do believe that there. I I think people. like there because I actually wrote an article a few like a month ago about that. About the Raiders? Yeah, the Raiders. I was like, I think well, there are some people in that division. Hundred percent. But that, uh, yeah, uh, that is, I absolutely believe the Raiders are going to be very good. 
I I believe that they're a challenger for the Super Bowl. I think Devontae, like people forget, like when they talk about the Chargers and whatever, like the Raiders were in the playoffs last year. Like people forget, like they're in the playoffs and they're like, well, they improved. They improved. They brought in, I'm like, so did the Raiders. They got Devontae Adams now. Do you, do you not watch? Do you not watch TV? Um, I think that, I think that more often than not, you know, people do have, have biases and, you know, and, you know, sometimes they hear things. I think for the most part, everybody does a nice job. And I think that, you know, I, I will, I will speak for the NFL network that everybody is very sincere. Nobody's got an agenda. Nobody like everybody's super fair. The only person in the whole network who might be a little by is me. Like I'm the one, but I think that I put it out there. Like, you know where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had conversations like, listen, I'm an entertainer. Like I'm, I'm not Willie McGinnis. You know, I'm not going to sit there and break down X's and O's, but I think that, you know, one of the things, and I, again, I can't speak to other places cause I don't work there. I think one of the things that I really appreciate is working with some of the former players and being able, like, they'll listen to what I have to say. And I remember a conversation we had with Willie McGinnis where we were talking about Tyree kill. And I said, I said, Willie, I go, if you look at it, um, Patrick Mahomes passer rating without Tyree kill, you know, he, his passer rating was above 100. He had eight touchdowns, no interceptions, you know, you know, he was still statistically very good. And then Willie was like, well, you got to like, let's watch the film. Like, let's break, like why we pulled up the film and he's like, watch this play in the playoffs where they take it, you know, Tyree kill takes a dump off and goes 80 yards for a touchdown. Um, and so you're like, okay. And so then we worked on that and it's like, okay, well then when you were up there presenting your, so Willie went up there, I wasn't even in this part of the segment with him. He mentioned all those numbers. He's like, Hey, you know, these, and it was, it was a really good like conversation and moment. So where he was, you know, like he had no, no like bias or grind or anything like that. So I think that at the NFL network, we do a nice job. This is me stumping for the NFL Network. I think we do a nice job of trying to do football as much as possible. There are other places that might be more into entertainment, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. Well, I don't know, Carmen. You work with the national media. Yeah, that's not remain nameless. No, I think that I mean there's a lot of value too in the connections and relationships that a lot of national media have because you don't get to that spot in your career unless you you know have built up some sort of relationships and a lot of those relationships are with coaches players and it at least for me in my experience like i lean a lot on those guys to kind of you know point me in the right direction of research and and stuff like that and i mean tv is a whole other animal it's not something i have a huge amount of experience with but you do you have producers you have people that are helping and and researching and you're going through notes and you're forming your own narratives based on the research and the information that you're given um so i think that that's really that's something that i think goes overlooked is just the amount of prep work and uh even if you're not the one researching yourself um you're give you're, you're given that information and you take what you want from it uh, and and that's where your knowledge comes in, and that's where the things that you hear come in, and you're bringing in all of these different things, um, and, and formulating your own narrative, and then trying to present it in a very entertaining way. There's there's always that element to it. So of course there's some shock value I think involved. Yeah. Um, 
in certain things, but I mean, would would you rather just me read a stat sheet to you? Right. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm more prone to be the person who's like like when I go after the Packers, like I legitimately although I think the Packers, I think those guys legitimately hate me. Like I was at I no, I swear to God, I was at NFL like Honors. Staff, like the PR oh staff. my god, yes. I don't think like they they were I effing me at uh at NFL Honors at the little cocktail reception. And I was talking to James Jones too, and I'm like, I go I go do it, these guys. Like Lafleur with his like little groomed eyebrows. I'm like, I don't think those dudes like me. Gooden kissed, Gooden kissed. I know for a fact did not like me. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, if, whatever. If I'm not over in Green Bay, then so be it. Um, it's fine. I think it's you know, it's entertainment. Dude, Rogers sat there and said, "I own you." To my, I, I, I can't. I can't confirm whether or not that was my aunt who told him to bleep off, but. <laughs> I will say, listen, but I think for a lot, I think for a large part that uh, the national media does a nice job. There's a few instances. It's funny. There was a, um, there was a guy, there's a guy who covers the angels for the athletic and he hates the angels. Like he just hates that team. Everything that he, everything that he writes is negative and the angels are now giving them a lot of opportunity to write negative things. But I tweeted out, I'm like, I can't imagine like given the opportunity to, to 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 cover Shohei Otani and like this is the stuff that you come up with like okay and then yeah. like thirty days later he comes back at me with something which number one I was like well I applaud you for not having one of your coworkers do it because there was an incident with one of his coworkers coming after the Angels broadcast team which I won't get into but I'm like the difference between us is like nobody's paying me to cover because he was like look at what you say about aaron Rodgers." it's like yeah but i don't cover the packers like people aren't buying a subscription to the athletic because i'm covering the packers for them like i would never do that and even if i was even if i was covered listen this i know i'm i'm off the rails but i covered my rival college for yes. a for the orange county register and after a while you know like people are like oh this guy just loves long beach state he hates fullerton and I'm like that. That's hilarious. I'm a Fullerton grad, but that's neither here nor there. So that's a long-winded question. To uh, I think the national media does a nice job. I think there's some people, and we can find them on Twitter, who have some dumb things to say. You know, back a long time ago, Carmen, you're you're not old enough to remember this. A long time ago, for 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 the insanity that you see on Twitter, the only the only way that got out was if like somebody was calling into the Jim Rome show. And at that point, like Jason Stewart would be like, hopefully reigning that there was a call screener, you know, Kyle Brandt did this for a while too. So like, we got a very limited, limited outlet of, of the crazy that you see. Cause now people can just go to Twitter and say whatever. whatever. And it's just there. I loved it. By the way, I, that's what I grew up watching was Jim Rome. I forget. Yeah. I loved his show. I still, yeah, I was just, it was amazing. But no, I mean, and I think it is important though to realize that like, at least I mean, this doesn't maybe necessarily pertain to national media, but people that cover teams, like they're not really fans. Like if you cover the t a team for an outside outlet, like you're not a fan of the team. Like you work. Yeah, you work. Yeah. So like you need to be as objective and fair as possible. I was provided um, a little bit more leeway when I was with the Bucks because I worked directly for them. So right. I was allowed to be a fan and to be very, very biased and favorable because why not? And plus like, I had to face these guys every day too. That was the other thing. It's like, 
national media too, I feel like they do have an opportunity to maybe pop off a little bit more because you're not in, you're not seeing these guys every day. But when you're covering a team, especially it's like, ah, you run into, you know, Jason Light, Bruce Arians in the hallway, Todd Bowles. And you're like, Oh, (laughs) yeah. Some of the stuff I say about the Packers, I don't know. I would say it if I had to go uh, to Lambeau or whatever every week. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I will say this. I would have canceled my athletic subscription because of the Angels beat writer, but the Bears guys are so good that I uh, I, I keep it up. Even even though uh, Kevin came after us one time, deservedly so, uh, I think they do a great job, and I think the Chicago media does a really nice job of covering the team. I don't think that anybody – I never get the impression that, like, they hate the team. They're, like, they're asking good questions. They're being pretty fair. And uh, I think bad team, like it's hard, (laughs) especially so they would have, they would have more grounds to be a little bit more negative. And I do, I think that they, the optimism washes over on them too, believe it or not, but they do. No, no, they do it. They do a nice job. I really do like the uh, Chicago bears media. So um, there it is. Okay. That was a long winded answer. Sorry, Sammy. Do we have another one? I'm sorry. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get this, this answer in less than 30 minutes. Where does, uh, where does David Montgomery rank among all running backs in the league for fantasy? You know what? I will tell you this. He is a, a top 10 guy for me, for sure. I I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity. I think yeah. he's going to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Right. So for me, he's a top 10 guy. Carmen, where do you think he, he fits in? I saw that maybe it was ESPN again where they had him like, I don't know, 29th or something ridiculous like that. Where uh, Where do you think he falls? Um, I also agree top 10. I do think probably the back half of the top 10, just because of the fact that, again, Khalil Herbert is probably going to steal some carries there. Again, the offensive line, how much are they going to be able to open things up for him? Um, But you said it with the whole being able to catch passes out of the backfield. And one thing that actually concerns me about the the group of receivers, the group of wideouts that the Bears have now, including Nikhil Harry, Byron Pringle, Darnell Mooney, I feel like their strengths kind of all lie in the same area. They can stretch the field really well. They're very, you know, they're fast guys. They've got the speed. Those seven and nine routes are like their bread and butter, right? And all do that. And so I'm like, all right, you're going to need different levels of guys. You're going to need, you know, different options. And I think that's where Cole Komet comes in. I think that's where David Montgomery comes in, where they can kind of occupy those underneath routes um, and give Justin a place to go with the football, you know, in a pinch. So I, but I know that obviously you get a lot more points for a running back that catches passes. And I don't think, I think that David Montgomery is going to be up there in as, as far as receiving yards go among running backs this year. So, Yeah, I just, I just pulled it up. Uh, I can actually just run through this list real quick. Jonathan Taylor, the number one guy, like I'm into that. Derek Henry, I'm willing to give him another shot, even though I just think he's built different. I hope that it's not the year where it's like, he finally just breaks down or anything like that. Oh, don't Christian, say that. I love watching play. I love I love him too. I want to make sure I think that that playoff game they rushed him back yeah. and they ju- I I don't know. I think the recency bias of seeing that game, but you know, he's had a full off season. He looks great. I have no problem. I I have no problems with uh Derrick Henry. I even like Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, another good guy. And then you get into like the tier 2 with like Dalvin Cook. Okay. Joe, Joe Mixon, okay, Najee Harris, and then Nick Chubb. 
I don't want anything to do with these Cleveland players. Like until we have some clarity on what's going on with the quarterback situation, they have the. This is fantasy pros. I'm looking at their list. They have DeAndre Swift at nine. I'm like, where's DeAndre? Where's Leonard Fournette? Oh, uh, he's 12th. Like, nope. Well, not. I'm not taking him. I they have Aaron Jones at 10, which to me is laughable. Like, I would almost what? Yeah, I would. I would have Aaron Jones in the top five. I would have him. I would actually have him because Dalvin Cook never stays healthy enough for me. And Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones has the ability, and I know. Uh, we don't want to be talking too positively about Green Bay Packers, but he has the ability to lead that team in receptions. Yeah, for sure. So, and it's funny because some of the guys that you have, Javante Williams, like everybody's going in on Javante Williams, and you're like, did Melvin, what happened to Melvin? Oh, Melvin Gordon's still there. Like, it's not happening. Leonard Fournette weighs 260. Saquon, I'm not going to get fooled again. James <laughs> Conner. Yeah. He's getting He'll get down. He'll get down. Oh yeah, that's right. Let's talk about this. What's up with what's up with him? Lunchables. Um, obviously, that's that's some discipline issues in the off season of like letting your weight get up that bad. But I will say that um, he's probably overestimating how much he's going to lose in camp. But I huh. think that whatever he's overestimating, Tom Brady is going to come in and be like, "No, <laughs> you will lose this weight. You will get down to what oh. you're supposed." And um, he will, I mean, like he was top four, I believe in pass catcher. He was in receiving yards last yes. year. Running back. That is... So, and like Tom loves his running backs. So to, he loves passing to his running backs. He loves those check downs and, the, and those short, you know, short routes and underneath routes. Um, and I feel like not enough people, I mean, I was obviously in the Tampa Bay bubble, so I heard a lot about it, but I think nationally, not a lot of people really talked about the fact that Leonard Fournette, was catching passes left and right, and it has really become like kind of that true three-down back. Um, and we're going to see, you know, what, what Rashad White can do down there. Um, you know, he he was one of the few backs in college that kind of really got the hang of pass catching and, and has really natural hands. So they're looking for him to be able to do that maybe on third down. Um, but no, I mean Leonard Leonard will be fine. Like he'll be fine. And also the two sixty number came from. Uh, mandatory minicamp. So at this point, you're a month out from that, over a month out from that. And he's been working and I've, I've actually, yeah, spoken to him. So he's, he's working. He's fine. He'll be fine. All right. Fine. I, uh, by the way, is he also, well, was Tom Brady the kind of guy who, um, I don't know, I guess when he was like, they're eating lunch or whatever, like, will he walk up and like shame him? Like if he sees <laughs> yeah. eating, yes. And I don't, at this point, it's, it's not even that like he needs to do that. I, all the guys are terrified of disappointing him because yeah. like you, he leads by example more than anything. I don't necessarily know that he'll get up in your face. I mean, if he has to, he will. And I've seen him getting guys faces at practice. Um, but like, he's not going to sit there and baby you either. Like you're a grown man. He's going to be like, get, get the F down. Like, yeah. you know what you're supposed to be at. You know what you need to do to get there. Do it. Otherwise I'm not throwing it. Yeah. Like if you're late on your timing, like that's the thing too. He meticulously works on timing with all of his receivers, whether that's running backs, wideouts, tight ends, like the steps and just the attention to detail. And like, he just makes sure that he is so on the same page with every individual receiver. And if, if Leonard is slow, you know, because of that weight, trust me, it'll get rectified pretty quickly. (laughs) Yeah. Then we'll see a lot of geo, my buddy geo. 
I will say though, I will say though, I love Giovanni Bernard. I uh, I will say that the NFL Fantasy Live show was very much in tune with how much Leonard Fournette became a pass catcher last year. Yes. Talked about it at great length. So uh, there was some there was some outlet. Yes. So uh, there right. You go. NFL Network does a good, good does a good job though. See so. the NFL Network. There we go, Sammy. What do we got now? Uh, Adam, I have uh, Nathaniel. What are you doing? I have to be honest with you. You don't have to be honest with. Be dishonest with me. You don't think the Bears are winning five games this year? That team with that coach last year won six games, and you don't think they're going to come back and win? At least five? Like, I don't also, get it. Also, they have the fourth easiest schedule in the league. And all of, like, their tough games come against AFC opponents. So you're going to be able to make up ground in the NFC with, you know, I don't know. I just – no. I – this was a while ago, and I still stand behind it, though. I got to nine wins for them not super hard. Like, it was yeah. not super hard to get to nine wins for them. Do I think that's actually going to happen? I don't know. I can see it being more like eight and nine rather than nine and eight. Um, but no, come on. Wait, we were just talking about how Bears fans can be optimists. Like, yeah. Be optimistic. Be optimistic. There's no reason. I, I What is it? Uh, the uh, An optimist can never be pleasantly surprised. But at the same time, just enjoy it. We've got a new coach who knows what he's doing. The Flus. Eberflus. Like, he's good. I- and I'm really excited about what he's going to be able to do with the defense. Like, yeah. obviously, all the offseason talk has been about Justin Fields and the offense. But, I mean, the defense took a lot of hits. I will say that the defensive line is something that I'm very concerned about. But, I mean, you've got a defensive coach again. I'm excited about that. You know what? And they've done a really nice job of using guys who are, you know, no-name guys. Like the Colts. Don't have a lot of superstars on defense. Obviously, they traded for DeForest Buckner, but um, the line Darius. Darius Leonard was not like he was a second round guy. Like he was not somebody like it wasn't like they used a top five pick on him. No. Kenny Moore, you know, was a, I, was he a cast off from somewhere? But I don't like they've done a nice job of finding these players and getting the most out of them. And I think he schemes them up really well. So again, if we got to go with, that three four system just allows for so much more creativity and it allows for a rotation more than I feel like a four three where you're kind of just set in your, you know, you've got your guy and then that's it. And I think the three fours are just so much more creative. And you like, if you have someone who knows what they're doing, you can account for the holes that you have and you can play to these guys strengths and kind of fit the puzzle together a little bit more um in, in in a three four system i'm a little biased because that's what i learned very closely in tampa but um i i fully believe in that and if i were a defensive coordinator i would run a three four you would would you all right <laughs> um <laughs> three, Sam. Four, three, four, two man i got you i got you uh sammy do we have another question uh da, 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 da. what do you guys think of the linebacker depth you know, I again, I think um, a lot of it comes into the the system, the way that it's run. I, I, I think that, you know, these guys are going to come in and do a pretty nice job. What do you think of the linebacker depth? I mean, it's going to you're, – you're kind of banking – I'm assuming you mean outside and inside. Um, and with 
Robert Quinn in question. I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't know what to make of the Robert Quinn situation. I did write an article about how it might make sense to just kind of let him fly, fly. As much as I don't want that to happen, I mean, you could get a pretty good return for him and, and set him free to a, to a place again that might actually be a contender, as much as that pains me to say that the Bears will not be. Um, I, but, like, at this point, though, you know, he you, can, you have to either he's got to be all in or all out. Right. And yeah. um, I mean, you've got Al Akadi Muhammad. I think that he could turn into a pretty nice player uh, and, and a nice pass rusher. Um, yeah. Roquan, I mean, you've got, you've got the inside guys. I yeah. Just, I think in switching, you know, to the three, four, you're going to need more of a rotation. So the depth worries me. The starters maybe don't, but the depth worries me. Yeah, they brought in Matthew Adams from Indianapolis. They brought in a number of guys from the Colts who know the system and even coming in there and, uh, you know, the way that they're going to run this team, you know, with Justin Jones up front, I think they're going to be okay. I think that, you know. I, I want to see what Travis Gibson does now that he's like, you're going to put him in this system and I think that he'll be a really good 3-4 end. Um but I don't know. I mean, watching some of his stuff from last year, he can get after it of the football. Um, and, and from that interior, that interior, and like putting his hand in the dirt again, I think will really help him out. And, and he'll be able to take another step forward because he took a huge step forward last year. I think this year, uh, the scheme is, is favorable to him and, and the, his body type and, and just kind of the way he plays. No, for sure. Uh, Sammy, how about one more question? We got it. Uh, if Fields does lead the league in interceptions, do they keep them? You know what? Um, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Why are we talking about this? Why are we living in the negative? He's not. It depends on how the interceptions happen. But uh, I don't know. I don't want to delve into that. I don't want to put that negativity. I don't want to. I don't want to be entrenched in that. I don't think that they're. I just can't see it. I just don't. I just don't see that being a thing. Sammy, how about another one? That can't be the one we end on. <laughs> oh, here's a question for you two. Outside of Bayless Jones, which rookie intrigues you or most intrigues you? Carmen, who do you think? Um, I know who I think. I will tell you. Well, I'll jump in here uh, real quick. Oh, you go first because. Because I will. I'm going to take some low-hanging fruit, and I'm going to say Jaquan Brisker, mostly because – you know, this was a little bit of a surprise selection for me. I wasn't thinking – I knew that they were going to go corner, and Kyler Gordon's a great player, so I was like, okay, that's cool. That makes sense. I think we had even decided on Friday we had uh, Brendan Chagru on, and I'm like, we're going corner with our first pick, just the way that all the receivers came off the board. Like, there's no way that they're going to use uh, – I don't think that there's any receiver who was worth picking at that spot. But when they took Brisker, uh, I had to be really honest and say – I, I didn't know a lot about him. You know, I didn't, I, you know, Penn State, you're like, okay, this is encouraging. I'm going to, I'm going to trust, trust the process here and, and go about it that way. But I really do believe that when you look at him, you started going back and watching some of the tape, like he stands out to me as a playmaker, as a guy, a, a Mike Brown type. I always, I loved Mike Brown, you know, back in the day. And I know that a lot of people, they always felt, I remember talking to somebody, I think it was a Packers fan, who was like, God, oh, that guy gets he gets so lucky. I'm like, that's not luck. Not that luck. is that not is situational a, football. 
Right. Not at that percentage. I think that's the biggest, like, misconception I think about safeties is just, I'm like, that doesn't, that's not luck. That's scheme. That's awareness. That's prepare, or like, that's preparation. That's watching film. That's anticipation. Like, there's so much that goes into that and to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, so that's that's my pick is Jaquan Brisker. How about you? Yeah, I had heard really great things actually about Jaquan Brisker from uh, some of my scout friends in the pre-draft process. And so when the Bears took him, I was like, ooh, I really loved it. Um, and again, I liked that it wasn't necessarily like the biggest need that they had, but they were like, this is the best player available. And at that time, I, I fully believe that that was true. Um, I might go a little bit of a curveball in, uh, we were just talking about the Bears defensive line and, and, uh, in Dominique Robinson. So I, I'm just interested to see what he can do. And again, like in this, these three, four systems, like you just, you need a really solid rotation up front. And I mean, you had, you, you had some really key departures last year and you're going to need guys to step up and you got Jonathan Jones. And um, and now you're gonna you're gonna get what you need to see what you have out of, out of this rookie because Robert Quinn doesn't get 19 and a half sacks or whatever it was 18 and a half sacks uh, last year if you don't have a really strong interior presence I don't care what you say like he's a great player but you know he needs to be left in favorable situations and the front can really help with that so um, I think that he could really be a surprise impact player for the for the yeah. Bears. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with him. I think think Braxton Jones is another guy too, who I look at and I'm like, I'm I'm curious to see what he's going to be able to do. And I know that, you know, it's dangerous to put it on the, um, you know, debating on where they get drafted. Once you're drafted, you're on the team. So for me, that, that kind of stuff doesn't matter. So I know that people like, Oh, he's a fifth round pick or whatever it was. Uh, but Braxton, yeah, he was one that I'm like, you know, I want to see a little bit more. We obviously want to see these guys in pads. It's one right. thing to go around there and, and 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 do good work and shells and things like that. But I think ultimately you uh, you have to work in pads. So I, um, Yeah, and I think that, you know, because they were talking about how in minicamp he was getting like first team reps or whatever. And now you can't read into that at all. And I really caution against anyone. I, I want to make sure everyone knows I'm not reading into that, but what you can take from that is that he's going to get a fair shot and yeah. they want what he looked like, and they wanted to throw him in and, and, and see what he could do in shorts and t-shirts, obviously. But what that, the only thing that that you can take from that and what that tells me is that they, he's, he's going to get a fair shot um, and to be part of that offensive line. And yeah, again, like you've got a lot of guys that you're going to have to choose from. It's going to be musical chairs and we'll see who ends up sitting down. We'll see who ends up. Yeah, we'll see. But somebody's going to go in there and take that that spot. I think somebody's going to end up being a surprise, a pleasant surprise. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And so why don't we go ahead? We'll call it right there. I do like. Let's closing thought. Like I I, I want to end a, a little bit more on the on the positivity too. I, I was thinking about you know what you you're saying about nine wins. I really wish that people would focus in. Like let's let's be cool, everybody. Let's. <laughs> I see people in the comments. I, I know it's just we've been beaten down enough that I think that there's something about being positive. I, I don't think that's going to hurt us. Right. That's true. Um, no, and I, I completely agree. And I think that even the biggest question marks um, have some have some potential for really good answers, essentially. Um, 
I'm I I guess offensive line is just top of mind because I've I've been with offensive linemen this entire summer, um, to the point where I feel like I am one now. But I just feel like the presence of you know Lucas Patrick and as a, as a center, a veteran presence to kind of help Justin Fields behind him. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, I don't know if you heard him on Olin Kruitz's podcast, another bear great. He, he got pissed off about all this chatter about how he might not be starting and all that other stuff. Like he's pissed and he wants that starting role and you want those tone setters and those nasty players. And so like, I think that, that there's more there than we think that is there. And I just, I, for every question, I think that there's an answer for the bears. That's, that's, that's my closing thought. Yeah. It's funny because Tevin Jenkins, I think a lot of people had him as like mocked to us at pick 20 two years ago. And we would have been happy with that. Like, okay, we got Tevin Jenkins in the first round. That's fine. And then we end up getting Justin Fields and we end up getting Tevin Jenkins as well. We should be celebrating this and to act like the bears were not addressing the offensive line. It's just, just mistaken. But, uh, but anyways, there you go. Uh, I want to thank you so much for uh, for being here. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Uh, where can people follow you, and uh, what do you got? What else are you working on? Um, at Carmi V, C A R M I E V, um, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of those places. Uh, I'm currently working on a couple. Of, like I just mentioned, how I've been with offensive linemen all summer. I had the pleasure and privilege to train with. Um, one of the Bucks guards and in Robert Hainsey out in Arizona. <clears throat> and then a week and a half later, I went to O-line Masterminds in Frisco, Texas. Uh, Duke Bennyweather and Lane Johnson started this offensive line summit. And it was insane. Uh, there was only over 200 participants there. Um, and Hall of Famers, uh, former players, all that kind of stuff. So former players, current players, college players. Um, so I'm doing two really big features on both of those things and those will be coming out. Uh, the first one comes out tomorrow on online masterminds and then Friday will be my training sessions with, uh, Robert Hainsey and AQ Shipley is the one that is training him 12 year veteran. Uh, and AQ put me through part of Robert's workout. Oh, um, yeah, I'm here to tell you that please do not ever sleep on offensive linemen and how strong and tough and powerful they are because their workouts are no joke. I was sore for yes. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I don't want to do any of that though. I'm not sleeping on them, so it's all good. Well, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next week, and uh, we're privileged to uh, have you as part of the show. And I uh, can't wait uh, to keep diving into this. And you know, the guys are showing up to camp, so we'll have a lot more to talk about. So until that time, oh Thursday, we will have a show. We'll have a podcast. So by the way, be looking out for that. And of course. AM 1530 WCKG is the home of the sick podcast in Chicago. So listen to us on Friday nights, Friday afternoons at two o'clock. So uh, we appreciate everybody being here and uh, thanks for your questions. And so until next time, bear down, Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Adam rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.